What keeps you going? Where do you get your motivation? Whether you just want to be the best you can be or the best there ever was, we're here to keep you inspired. Conversations with today's top fitness influencers, coaches, athletes, and bodybuilding professionals. This is Inspired Fitness. Here's your host, Sean Futerer. Welcome to the Inspired Fitness Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Flexigenics. Every year, thousands of people undergo unnecessary joint and knee surgeries. Flexigenics was created to offer the very best in non-surgical solutions that allow you to get back to doing the activities you love. Before deciding on surgery, schedule a consultation and explore non-surgical options. I have personal experience with Flexigenics to treat osteoarthritis and tendon damage. I can confidently endorse their hyaluronic acid and PRP solutions. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Fitness Podcast. My co-host, IFBB Pro, Kimberly Helm, couldn't be here with us today. However, I am joined by our very special guest, World Games gold and silver medalist, Red Bull Art of Motion world champion, and Dutch national team member in parkour and free running, Noah Diorgina. You can find Noah on Instagram using at Noah underscore Diorgina. That's N-O-A underscore D-I-O-R-G-I-N-A. Hi, Noah. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. How about we start by telling the audience a little bit about you? Yes, my name is Noah. I'm 18 years old and I do parkour for almost 11 years now, I think. Yeah, and I grew up in this sport. I did like surfing before and dancing. That's like what I what I started with. That's kind of it. So surfing and dancing, those are incredible sports. How come we didn't stick with those? Because I loved parkour too much. And <laughs> I did dancing on a high level and parkour on a high level. So I had to choose between dancing and parkour. I see. And you were pretty young when you had to make that choice. I think seven years old? Yeah, I was like seven when I started with parkour. So 10 when I needed to really make a choice if I wanted to do dancing on a high level or parkour. How did your parents support you in that decision? My parents were like very supportive. So they saw what I liked the most and what made me more happy. And then they asked me what I wanted. And then I made my own choice and they agreed with it. And then, yeah, that's it. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, Families (laughs) that support their children in their choices for athletic activities. Yes, same. What was it that drew your attention to parkour? Well, when I was like seven, I couldn't sit still for one second. Uh, And you know, when you're young and you go out and play with other kids, I was climbing on trees and I was like trying to jump off the benches. And like I used the playground as a parkour playground, not in a normal way. And then my surf coach knew somebody who had a parkour gym and he was like, yeah, this is something for Noah. She should try it out. So that's how I got like in contact with parkour. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine what it was like taking on parkour at the age of of seven, eight, nine, 10 years old, but you were training at a pretty intense level at a young age. What's that like? For me, it's normal (laughs) because I (laughs) do for a long time now. Because my passion was so big for parkour that I like it and I don't mind to like work hard for it. But I think if you're, if you don't really like your sport, it's hard if you do it on that kind of a level. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, certainly. It's something you have to fall in love with, right? Yes, exactly. I don't think anybody can take what they do to such an elite level if they don't love what they do. No, exactly. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're 10 years old. You're training intensely in parkour. This isn't just a hobby. This is, you basically have a career in parkour. <laughs> By the age of 13, you're competing at an absolute elite level against adults? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Unbelievable. So what does your daily routine look like? I mean, talk me through your, your, your training. Okay, well, right now my whole routine changed because I stopped or like I finished school. So I don't have school anymore. So now I, I have a little bit more free time and space to do other stuff. So that's nice. Every morning I go to the gym and I train like, it depends on the day. I have leg days, arm days, back days. So every day something else. And then after the gym, I get back. I make my protein shake, take care of my body, stretch, all that type of stuff. Then I work. And then after work, I either teach parkour on Tuesdays. And then after that, I train by myself. But if I don't teach, I train outside. And if I teach, then I train in the gym afterwards. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You say you work. What do you do for work? Uh, yeah, it sounds very stupid, but it's social media. <laughs> so like I make content for my sponsors. I do projects with Red Bull. It all has to do, do with like with parkour. So that's cool. So I made like parkour kind of my job. I'm very happy with that. I'm kind of new in it because I do this for a long time, but now I can focus on it like a hundred percent. So yeah, I'm looking forward for this year and excited what things are coming up. <laughs> That's fantastic. You're wearing your sponsors, which is great. We've got Red Bull and, we, and we've got Adidas. You've been working with them for several years now. Adidas is a new sponsor, but Red Bull, I've been working with them for two, three years, something like that. That's a long time. <laughs> fantastic. How have they been as sponsors? They've been like the, they supported me the, in the best way they could. And it's like a second family now. So yeah, it's really nice. And I love them. And yeah, we work well together, do awesome projects. So I couldn't wish any better. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. So as I understand it, there's a couple of different kinds of parkour and free running. And the two that I believe are the most common are competitions for, for speed, for time. And then there's competitions that are judged on technical difficulty, flow, and originality. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yes. And you compete in both. Yes. I'm an all-round athlete. So I train for every style in parkour. And I mostly do speed and style. I'm better at style, but I'm getting better at speed. So this year, I'm going to get speed too. You have also like skill. I don't know if you heard about that. It's kind of new. It's like small challenges and you have to make as many as these challenges in the short time. So in a short time, it's kind of a new part of parkour. I like it very much. I tried it at my last competition. I think that one is also cool, but I don't think it's going to be Olympic skills, but it's more for fun. You got to have fun while you do it. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of kind the same of evolution that we saw with skateboarding, right? The, yes, true. When it went from long boards to more style and technique and then you have the big half pipe air hang time and all kinds of different things so it, it will evolve as a sport and i think that's great that you're doing multiple versions of it yeah that's why i'm an all-round athlete i love parkour and i love focusing on different parts of parkour 
so yeah, that's why I try all of them. <laughs> so you said that style is kind of where you excel at and you want to improve in, in speed. So do you have a preference for which version of that you like to compete in? Like style I like because I get medals a lot. <laughs> but then like in speed, I love speed because you can just run and jump. And I love like running and jumping. I like them both in different ways, kind of. You have some major highlights and achievements, right? You've won some incredible events over the years on the world stage. I mentioned earlier, you, you won a national championship at the age of 13. And then the female Red Bull Art of Motion World Championships in 2021, and then took both gold and silver medals in parkour at the World Games in 22. And then you're also part of the Dutch national team and represent the Netherlands at the World Cups. Any of those accomplishments that you're most proud of? Like, what's the one that stands out for you as unbelievable? I think Red Bull Art of Motion, because when I was young and I started doing parkour, that was like the first really big competition that parkour had. And like, since I was like 10, that was my biggest dream to compete in that competition. So yeah, when I did that and I won, that was like one of the coolest things I like achieved. And also because of that, I think it's very cool that I was able to get a lot of cool sponsors that support me. So those are like the two things that I'm very proud of. I think that's great. Do you remember the feeling that you had when you won that Red Bull Art of Motion competition? Well, I think I was in shock for like a week. So <laughs> no, I don't really know. <laughs> but it had to feel good, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But At like the... I didn't realize it when I no, you... won it. It was no? weird. No, because I got the prize and I was like, you get like the adrenaline, like, oh my God, yes. And then I went back home and I didn't realize what actually happened. And then like a week later, I was like, what the heck? This is weird. <laughs> so yeah. I've been a competitor in a variety of different sports all my life. And, you know, when people ask, what does it feel like in that, in that moment? I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes you don't take it, take that opportunity to to feel what's happening it's you get the adrenaline no. rush and it takes over and yeah what i did have was like at the world games i knew that if i did this big trick and i landed it that i would win so when i did the big trick i already smiled in my competition run and then i ended my run and i had to cry because i was so excited so like it was weird at red Bull, i didn't realize it and at the world games i did but like too early kind of it was weird well, I imagine at the World Games, you knew that you had to score a certain amount of points to, to take the lead, right? And so, yes. and, and you had a sense for what that trick was worth in terms of yes, points. Yes, the trick was like a lot of points. So that's why I was very happy. Fantastic. You compete at a very elite level. What's been your motivation to get to this level of eliteness in your sport? I think like... If I don't challenge myself again and again, I get bored. So like, I love to challenge myself and try new stuff and diff more difficult stuff because it's just, it's my passion. And also I'm very competitive. So yeah, I don't know what like really motivates me, but every time you do like a big jump or big flip or a challenge, you get like this awesome feeling. And that's also a thing why I keep going. It just feels so good when you are scared of a trick or scared of a jump. 
and you finally did it and you worked so hard for it. Like that feeling is also my motivation. You like the adrenaline. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel pressure to compete at, at this elite level? Yes, I do. But I now have like good people around me that help me to be less stressed, less like they help me to see the positive things. And also my sponsors are very helpful because they don't like they understand my sport. Like my sport parkour is not dangerous, but it's injury. Like you can get injured like very fast. That's just a part of my sport. And I have I'm blessed with like sponsors that understand my sport and understand that if you have an injury that it's going to be a little bit hard but they will wait and they will actually help me to get better as fast as i can so yeah oh that's great having supportive sponsors is an important element of competing as a professional athlete for exactly the reasons you mentioned you're going to go through periods of of time when you have injuries or you have health issues and the fact that they support you through that is is incredible you had recently had an injury to your foot or ankle, if I remember correctly. Yeah, my both of my feet, actually. It, it was so bad. I did like jumps in Barcelona, but the last jump, I thought I was done, but there was another jump, so I couldn't make it. And then my foot, like my toes went to my shin. Ooh. So yeah, that wasn't the best feeling. Um, so I got like, not a sprained ankle. I don't know what it's bruise i don't know what's the right word but something like that and then my other foot when my right foot got like a little bit better i had an event in holland and i tried this new trick and then my toe got dislocated on my other foot so it wasn't the best time for me <laughs> and then after that happened four days ago after that i had this competition in canada so i have no idea how i did it but i did it and I got a medal, so I'm happy. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. But to push yourself, right? To, to push yourself to compete at, after you know, these injuries. And it sounds like you maybe you weren't quite fully recovered from these injuries when you, were, when you went no, back to competing. No, I was fully competing. injured when I did the competition. <laughs> that has to take an incredible amount of, of mental fortitude, mental toughness to push yourself in that space. Yeah, it was like literally blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> but I know like my coach was like, you don't have to compete. You can chill now, relax, and then get better for the next competition that I have in a week. But I was so dedicated to do this competition because I just really wanted to do this competition. I don't know why. It was just a feeling that I had. And then I tried to focus really good. I tried to like heal my body at the same time I competed. So I even tried like different landing techniques so I didn't hurt my uh, toe. <laughs> so yeah, I tried like everything to make it work and it kind of works. <laughs> Injury is going to come in a lot of different forms and fashions, right? From everything yeah. from a scraped shin to a broken foot. You've posted pictures on your socials, your hands are torn up, you know, you're <laughs> bleeding everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> What do you do for health and recovery? A lot. Right now, a lot. Like after training, take ice baths. During training, take my feet. If I do competition, take painkillers. But if I train normally, I don't because then I can feel what, like when you have an injury, what hurts and what not. Otherwise, if you take painkillers all the time, you're going to get 
used to it and you don't know if you're healing or not. So that's kind of the thing. But like when I'm not injured, I actually do the same things. So like I take ice baths, I make sure that I eat healthy. Also, it doesn't matter if you eat healthy. It's just that I have to eat a lot. So I, how do you say that? I have fast mod- mod- metabolism. Yeah. Metabolism. Yes. Um, so I have to eat a lot, like so much more than I'm used to that type of stuff. If you do that, that helps so much. So nutrition is an incredibly important thing for just about every athlete. Tell me about your diet. How are you, how are you eating right now? It's going to sound weird, but I have to eat more good fats. So in Holland, we have these small pancakes. It's called poffertjes. It's like really small pancakes, not the American pancakes, like really small, like this big. And you have a lot of them and I have to bake them in olive oil. (laughs) And then I eat them with like protein shake next to it, of course, because every sporter needs to take protein shakes. It sounds weird, but because I have to eat so much, like Red Bull actually helped me to find ways to get more fats, but in a normal diet. So I don't have to change my daily diet. That's why I like Red Bull so much. They help me like in every way possible. So They sound like an amazing sponsor. Yeah, for sure. Adidas too, but we just signed a quad contract like a month ago, I think. So I'll be excited to see how they, how they support you. Yeah, same. Um. <laughs> So when it comes to the nutrition, are you, are you tracking your, like your macros, certain amount of protein and carbs and fats, or do you have um, a... I don't track my carbs, but I do track my protein because when I don't take protein, I, how do you say, I'm going to ask my mom, who's that? Oh, I lose yeah. weight. You said you're not allowed to lose weight. Yes, I'm not allowed to lose weight because I'm already like underweight for a top sporter, not for a normal person, but for a person who does top short so i have to like check my protein uh, so i get on the weight i have to be i see now that has to be a very different kind of pressure where you have to meet certain <laughs> weight requirements yeah it's like not an exact weight but it's just i lose my strength if i don't eat that much and i work so hard for my strength so that's like i don't want that and like I actually go to the APC from Repo. It's like the Adley Performance Center. And they have like psychologists, you have nutrition people, you have it's like a checkup every year. So they check your strength in your arms, legs, everything. They you get like blood tests. It's like if you bring a car to a garage to like check up, that's what they do with sport, like Repo athletes. So wow. Absolutely yeah. incredible. <laughs> You're competing at an elite level. Your sponsors are treating you with these maintenance programs and they're giving you health benefits and physicals and they're supporting you from a, a mental health perspective. Like you have a lot of tools at your disposal. So what is it that you struggle with? Is there anything that, that you have a hard time with? Yeah, I actually had like a really hard time before my competition in French and before the competition in Canada because both of my grandparents died in the same month and also I got injured on both feet and my I didn't pass my driving test so that's very nice and my school didn't went that well at the time I'm happy I finished now but at that time it wasn't good 
So I had like a lot of things going on besides parkour. And when I did parkour and I tried to compete, my head just overflowed, floated, and I couldn't really focus that good. So I knew if I was going to do something, I would get injured or like hurt myself. So that was something that I had like to deal with for like two months. And right now it's getting better. And it's, I did the competition in Canada and a lot of people say it's ir irresponsible to do it with injured feet. But for me, it was so good for my mental health because now I'm so much stronger and I know that I'm stronger than I thought I was. So yeah, it actually helped me. <laughs> That's an incredible lesson to have learned. You said in the beginning, you're 18 years old, right? You have a long way to go and to push your body to find out what your true limits are before you start on the downhill side of, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, of that. So I think that's a fantastic lesson for you to have learned. Maybe, yes, maybe people could say you're responsible. You, you pushed yourself. You could have hurt yourself, taking yourself out of future competitions. But to learn that you can push your limits that much further at 18 years old, what a heck of a lesson. Yeah, I was like, I needed this competition. I'm always like very positive, but those two months were just not it for me. And because of this competition, I got out of it and I'm like very happy again. I'm stronger than I thought I was. So yeah, I really needed this competition to get back on track. You must have had to have exercised some incredible discipline to be able to nurse yourself back to health at least healthy enough to go to the to this competition and, and compete while you weren't quite at 100%. What are your thoughts on the type of discipline that athletes of your caliber have to have in their in their daily lives? If you don't have discipline, you're not going to make it. That's just it. Like that's the reality. So, if you're very if you have a lot of discipline, it either can go bad or good because if you're going to challenge yourself too hard, it can go bad but if you have a lot of discipline and you use it well then you're gonna get to the top that's like kind of how it works for me for me i don't know if it works for other people like that but for me it works we talk to a lot of athletes and i, I think it's pretty consistent in the message that if you don't bring a certain level of mental toughness and discipline to your sport you're never going to get to the elite level for me it speaks volumes right at your age to achieve what you've achieved to overcome these injuries and to continue to compete at a, a world-class elite level, the amount of discipline that you have to have in your daily life from nutrition to training to getting the appropriate amount of sleep to you know doing all the right things for your sponsors, these regular checkups and check-ins, that's a pretty intense level of discipline. Yeah. And also I had school, but like, I don't know why, but I just love it. Your personality seems like you have to have something going on at yes, all times because to keep I your attention. I get bored very fast, like with everything I do. So yeah. <laughs> Parkour is this cutting edge sport, right? It's it's not really new, but it's new on the world stage, right? It's only been around for maybe a decade where it's been internationally recognized. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing athletes who are in the parkour and free running space? I think fear is the most biggest challenge like you have to deal with every day because fear is like, and mental, no, it's more like mental blocks, I think. It's better to call it that way. Yeah, mental blocks. So like when you do parkour, you have to challenge yourself over and over again. But people ask me like, are you even scared? 
Yes, I am. Every day, every second when I do parkour, I'm scared. But when you do it like more and more, you find a way how to overcome your fears and how to get through the mental blocks. And like, it's still hard until this day because parkour doesn't stop. If you can do one backflip, you can double it. If you can do two backflips, you can triple it. So like every time the fear doesn't get less, the fear gets more and more and bigger. The biggest challenge in parkour is how far can you push yourself to overcome this big fear, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so getting getting past your own personal mental blocks to achieve. Yes, exactly. And to push your body, push your mind to the absolute limit. Yes, exactly. And like, it doesn't have to be for flips because if you do only speed, it's also with speed. You have to push yourself to like get as fast as you can, like a 40 meter course back and forward. So like, it doesn't depend on if you're doing flips, jumps, or just challenges. It's with everything in parkour. I'm, I'm imagining you standing on the platform, getting ready to start one of your runs. What's going through your mind? What are you feeling in that moment? I stress before the competition a lot. So like when I'm waiting for my turn, then I stress a lot. And I'm thinking like, oh, I can fall or, oh my God, what if there's like sand on the course and I slip or something, all these weird stuff. And then the moment I walk on the course to go to my start place, that's when I don't allow myself to stress because it's not going to help. So stress is just going to keep you like, it's going to push you away from getting the result you want. So when I walk on the course, I just try to think about that I'm doing this for many years now and this is my thing so I can do it and then when I actually start my run I don't really think of course I think what I'm gonna do but I don't really think about anything else so I'm just like okay I do a front flip here then I do a double twist here then I go that way so like it's really like step by step in my head and I don't think about people who are screaming I don't I don't even hear them I'm like in my own space so you yeah. zone out. That's the, what many athletes call zoning out, right? You zone out, yeah, you, you, you see your course, you see your run in your head, and you just focus on that. Yes, exactly. And also, like, I think the difference between making content and doing competitions is that a lot of parkour people, when they make content, you have, like, as many as tries as you, you want. And, like, when you have a competition, it's just one try or two tries and then that's it it's funny you say that i did an interview with a professional bodybuilder a couple of weeks ago where we talk about the fact that all you see on social media is the best attempt or the best pose or the best lift in your case it would be the best run right or the best flip or the best trick consumers of social media don't get to see the mistakes or a lot of times the number of tries that you have to do to get that particular take that you post that somebody's posted what are your thoughts on that like how does that affect the sport um i think that you get like a perfect how do you call it like a perfect image of what the sport is but there's a lot of things that come by that are not that like positive or fun because if you do such a high level sport you're gonna have ups and downs for sure like there's no way you can be a hundred percent every day every time so like i think it's good that people show their best results but maybe 
also myself maybe i should post more like feels too not like a lot but then feels and then the result because then people see the progress but like that would be a better way of trying to let people know what sport we do kind of otherwise it looks so perfect and everybody thinks oh i can do a backflip and then when you try it people are gonna get hurt because it's so much harder than it is yeah so we talked about pressure a little bit earlier right and so one of my views on social media content is is when they're posting the absolute best and you don't get to see the fails there's an expectation that your followers or the or the viewers of that content have that you're going to get it right every time and so then when you when you fail right there's a certain amount of disappointment and frustration that comes with that how do you personally deal with the setbacks the frustration the disappointment when you're struggling to get a trick or learn something new <laughs> before i had like i have this uh sport psychologist that i go to now but before i had that i didn't i had like no idea how to deal with that so i just got mad or sad and then i stopped and then i did it a week later and then it probably worked but like right now i have like kind of like steps that i do so if something doesn't go the way i like it just go step back and then do that again because then if you're going to stay in a negative like side of the flip you don't like the flip anymore. And if you go back like one step easier and you do the flip and it feels good, you get post positive vibes and you can try the harder one again. But before I knew that, I was mad and sad and I, I didn't want to give up, so I just kept going. But sometimes that not that's not the best that you can do because your body also needs rest. So like I grew in how I have to deal with that too. <laughs> Would you say that through the sports psychologist that you have access to, that you've learned to apply some patience to failure? So you try a trick, doesn't work. Yes. But the stupid thing is that I'm like, I'm always very competitive. Since I was like seven, I was already competitive. So normally when I got second place, I would already be mad. And like right now, because I got third place with both feet injured, I was so happy. Normally I wouldn't be that happy with a third place, but now I was so happy that I did it. So like, yeah, it depends on your body. That's what I'm learning right now. So it depends on the state of your body because your body is the most important thing in sport. Certainly. And I imagine you're putting your body through an immense amount of stress particularly your your joints right how do you care for your joints i train my ankles because my ankles were weak <laughs> like very weak i had like ankle things every week every day when i walked so i trained my ankles and now i don't have that anymore of course sometimes you have an ankle thing but that's that's how life goes <laughs> so like you can train your ankles you can train your upper leg so upper neck and calves so your knees are stronger also you like i just train very specific whoa dyslexia wait specific yes okay when i have dyslexia and i try to see the word in my hand but when i do that that's when it goes wrong so that's what happened now <laughs> but yeah i try to train very specific specific yeah so we train a lot of strength and conditioning any more competitions this year? Yes, one more. That's the last one of the season. It's next week. And I'm still not fully healed, but I'm already better than in Canada. 
So that's what helps me and I'm just going to do it again. And I'm going to take care of my body in between the competitions. And that's the last competition of the season this year. Where will that one be? It will be in Bulgaria, Sofia. Yeah. Next week? Yes, next I'll week. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. What about 2024? <laughs> what do you have? What are your plans for 2024? We have a lot of World Cups, the World Championships. Red Bull Art of Motion, I think, is also going to be in 2024. So 2024 is going to be a busy year. So I'm happy I finished school. So I don't have to stress about that. <laughs> yeah, well, this will have 100% of your focus. I've seen that parkour is potentially going to be demonstrated at the 2024 Olympics. I don't know for sure, but if it's going to be demonstrated, I would definitely be there. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a plan. That is something I would love to see. <laughs> what advice would you give to people who are just getting into parkour or free running? Don't focus on other people. Focus on yourself and just train on your own level. Uh, and if something doesn't go well, parkour, you learn by failing and getting up back again. So don't stop when you fail one time. Just keep going and it's only going to get better. That's the thing I think you need when you start parkour. Uh, I think that's great advice. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of young girls who see this and they, they look at you and say, I want to do that too. You should. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. That's the that's the that's the advice. Go for it. Yes. More girls should be joining the sport. So just try it. If you don't like it, you can always stop. Just try it, I would say. And yeah, it's if you're gonna start doing parkour, you don't want to stop because it's so cool. <laughs> it is very cool. And it's fun to watch you do what you do. So Noah, absolutely incredible accomplishments. I'm super excited to see what you do next. And I really just want to thank you for a very inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. So join us again next time on the Inspired Fitness Podcast. Until then, we're wishing you a healthy mind, a healthy body, and healthy habits. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Inspired Fitness, leading you to a healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy habits. To stay inspired, visit us at inspiredfitness.net. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-D dot net. Until next time, stay inspired.